All right, and we're going out to Milwaukee. The Games and Grub podcast. Hey, well, what are we calling this? Grubs and Games? Games and Grubs? Games and Grubs. So, Games and Grubs. All right. Games and Grubs. Best podcast on the planet. How are we doing? Thanks for supporting the Games and Grub Shout out. Games and Grub Radio. Friendship with the Games and Grub podcast. Welcome yeah. to Games and Grub. I appreciate your patience tonight. It's been a moment since I've done some public speaking. Fun nowadays is, you know... Best to keep quiet. But uh, sometimes you just gotta let it out. Young angel and young lion. You know what it is. Uh, look, I'm the property of October. It's a Drake week on the show, but more importantly, it's National Marquette Day. Happy Saturday, folks. It is our holiday. We have waited a long time for this. There was a faux NMD about a month ago, right? I, yeah, I think we thought that that was like going to be the kind of the fun National Marquette Day. But now that this one is here, it's different. It's different. It's different. It's completely different. All the kids were at the uh, at Calf's and Murph's yesterday, line down the block. Looked a, like It looked like Black Friday. A big day. So I think we can mention this. So... On the Friday, or excuse me, two Fridays before St. Patrick's Day is known as St. Practice Day, which is a big day, as you can imagine, around the Marquette bar scene. So I'm walking to work at 9 a.m. or 9.15 because I was actually late. Sorry, bosses. And walking down and there's a line. It's, it's a great analogy to Black Friday. Just starts off the weekend with good vibes. That's the voice of Brian Gallagher. Brian? How are you this morning? We're doing good. You know, I'm sitting in a new spot. New spot because it's uh, just us two this morning. Usually we have a nice triangular balance to the studio. And today, um, you know, the virus, the virus got the best of us. What kind of virus? Not the COVID virus. Not the COVID virus. We are talking about something much, much worse. If you get it, it's called mono. And our third... Our third host, Zach. Has, our, our main man, Zachary He came Passios. down with it, so prayers up to him. He's going through a tough time. Uh, I think he's got the, uh, the, the right prescriptions to, to keep his body and his immune system able to fight this. But, I mean, I've, I had mono. Our other roommate, Matt, has had mono. And we, can both, we both can attest to it, man. It puts your body through, like, three months of fatigue and just... Oh, it, you just you just don't feel like your body is yours for like a while. So, <laughs> so NARP of the week consideration may be thrown into a loop these next few weeks. Zach's not winning NARP of the week for a while, potentially months, <laughs> because as as you know, with the mono virus that's in your body, it, you can't really work out for months and months on end. Well, his, so. his spleen's enlarged, so if he works out, he will die. There you go. Yeah, that's that's I mean, confirmed. It's just a fact. That's, uh, sources <laughs> tell Schefter that you know we won't see Zach on the NARP of the Week leaderboard for yeah. the foreseeable future. It's also awards day. I want to give a quick shout out. We'll send a we'll send a picture out on the Games and Grub social media after this. Um, I'm wearing a shirt and tie in the studio. You can't see it because it's this is all audio fun. But the Wisconsin Broadcasters Association Awards are held today. The ceremony is going on as we speak. They have the 
keynote speaker at around 1230. And then right after that, they'll get to the awards. So we are nominated as part of the Collegiate Radio Awards category. I want to thank the good folks at Marquette Radio for thinking of us so highly as a show that they would respect and on National Marquette Day, no less. So that's a big day for the show. We'll get to, obviously, all the fun on campus and off campus today. We'll get to your phone calls, 414-288-7091. On Twitter, at GrubMUR. On Instagram, same thing, GrubMUR. That's 414-288-7091. I teased that it was also a Drake week because of Scary Hours 2. But more importantly, as we said, it's National Marquette Day. And we're going to have... The Xavier men's basketball beat writer for the Cincinnati Inquirer, Adam Baum, join us 20 minutes from now, exactly 20 minutes, so 11 a.m. Central Time, 12 noon Eastern for our New England listeners and New Jersey listeners. Hi, Uncle Chris. And we will get to Adam, talk Skyline Chili, Xavier basketball, but obviously the focus is on the game tonight at 8 p.m. at Pfizer Forum where you'll see 1,800 fans there, an exciting day for Marquette basketball, and we'll talk to Adam and get the lowdown on what he thinks of the Big East as well ahead of the tournament. But as far as Marquette goes, we have to start with our own team, those beloved Golden Eagles, and this highlight play from Wednesday. We got a grave digger on our team. This This play on Wednesday at DePaul. Oh, my god! This is how it sounded. Kevin Kugler, Fox Sports 1. DePaul is going to come with some full-court pressure. This score was the score as DJ Carton drives it up and absolutely decimates the rim. Nobody stopped him, and he finished with a flourish. That's Kevin Kugler, Fox Sports 1. That's not even as good of a reaction as our living room. When (laughs) When it happened, we went nuts. The, the dog started barking. He didn't know what was going on. We like all jumped up and started screaming because DJ takes the ball coast to coast. And it's like kind of he's like changing his speeds. It doesn't really seem like he's going to attack the rim. And then he just finds a lane, just gets up, boom, stuffs it in the dude's face right, th- right down the throat. It was best dunk of the season for Marquette, question mark. There's definitely more DJ Carton ones that I'm forgetting off the top of my head, but it does beg the question. There was an there was an Instagram sort of fun survey, these BuzzFeed Bleacher Report type surveys. Who's the best dunker in college basketball? And DJ Carton was one of the frames Whoa. on the picture. So obviously the whole Marquette team got behind his back. But if there was a you know dunker of the year award. In all of college basketball, he's got to be up there as far as you know, maybe top five in the in the whole country. And he's not that big. That's the crazy thing. Like, <laughs> he's not. Let's Google his height. And he's again, six these, two. He's six two. Six two. Okay. Yeah. So, so oh not, yeah, he's, he's been not, like super short. But I mean, he like when he gets up, he's he's jumping like forty inches. Also, fun stat: he is younger than both of us. He was born on August fifth, two thousand. So he's twenty. But he's, he's a year younger, so he's old for his age. He he is a sophomore. So, um, with the Ohio State debacle last year, he's had a waiver this year to play and gain eligibility. So, the other another guy in the starting lineup, the other guard that we see in the starting lineup these days, is Greg Elliott. He had 11 points, three rebounds, two blocks, one assist against that game against DePaul last time out. And you know what? Screw, screw his stat line. 
He makes when he plays. It's more than a stat line that shows up in the game. Were you ready? You ready for some tangible stats that I think matter? Let, let's see him. Since moving to the starting lineup four games ago, he's contributing twelve point three points, three rebounds per game, shooting fifty percent from the floor, fifty two percent from three. That's enough stats for now, because I know it's not. We're not a stat show. Yeah, he just goes out there and he makes plays. It's fun to watch him. I feel like he's always made plays, but it's been hard for him to stay on the court. Um, but, I mean, if that backcourt, DJ and Greg, can, you know, get things going and keep the swag, we can win some games here at the end of the year. So this will be the last regular season game, and then and we'll talk to Adam Baum about this at length. The Big East tournament next week, so there are a... Lot, 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 lot of scenarios of how things could play out this weekend in the Big East and the scope of the Big East. Marquette is sitting at number 10 right now, could end up with the 10, could end up with the 9. But there's a pro- there's a potentiality to play Providence first round, which I know Uncle Chris will be all excited about, our biggest fan here on Games and Grub. There could be a Georgetown first round matchup in there. There, you could see a lot of things, but a lot of moving parts in the Big East this week with um, Colin Gillespie's torn MCL. He is now out for the season, unfortunately. A um, lot of big news and, and moving parts in the Big East Conference, especially with um, obviously Creighton and Villanova with the injury to Gillespie this week, and then all the way down. It's a, It's been a moving parts type conference with obviously Connecticut's first year in the conference and all that fun stuff. Seton Hall's had a fun year. Xavier, who we'll see today, and we'll talk with Adam Baum all about that again 15 minutes from now. 414-288-7091. That's 414-288-7091. While we're on the subject of basketball, Brian, I know you had some thoughts about some NBA thoughts and Specifically, your team, the Minnesota Timberwolves, big story coming out of Minnesota this week about Kevin Garnett's potential ownership of the team, but we, that seems being, to have gone south. We're being held hostage. This so ex- is, explain the this story. This is a hostage situation. So last year, Glenn Taylor, the owner of the Minnesota Timberwolves, decided he would uh, start seeing offers for uh, buyers, potential buyers of the team, potential bids. Uh, Kevin Garnett. Uh, immediately announced that he was interested in the acquisition and uh, he got some guys together uh, to form his group uh, the owners of the Minnesota Vikings the Wilf family that are they're, they're I, th- I would say they're a pretty good ownership family uh, they also looked into it but just uh, just earlier this week I think it was on Thursday um, Kevin Garnett uh, had some choice choice words for Glenn Taylor, um, he put it. He put it on his uh, like Instagram story. I, I would read through it, but I think we'd have to like cut off like every other word. <laughs> we wouldn't but, be nominated for radio awards anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, that would those would get cut off. But I mean, it's ridiculous. We're seven and twenty nine. I think uh, like we're seven. We're the worst team in the league. I am still loyal as ever. I mean, you see me when I watch the games. Oh, hundred percent. This guy is anytime, a dedicated. Fan. Anytime we get a like, like we start making shots and like we get a lead, I am like, let's go. Here we go. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. But, um, yeah, I, I was, I was, I was bummed out when I saw that this morning because you know, I'm a big fan of Kevin Garnett. 
I liked him when he was on the the Celtics even after he left the Wolves, but brought me in my city a championship 2008. Mm-hmm. So he'll yeah. always have my respect. Um, but he said he did drop two potential names though. He said, I guess I have to look elsewhere because he, he does want to be an owner, whether that's the Timberwolves or not. Right. Um, he dropped Seattle and he dropped Las Vegas. NBA, it is time. To bring an expansion team. I mean, the NHL has done two expansion teams now. The NHL did Las Vegas, and now they're doing Seattle. Yeah, the so Seattle, Actually, yeah, those two Seattle cities, Kraken. now that I say it. Seattle Kraken's starting. Uh, you know what's funny? Side I th- note. I feel like the NBA could have 40 teams. I still see people going on and talking about Seattle Kraken hockey like they exist, and I see Seattle Kraken merch. And our next caller, big hockey fans, will uh, see what they have to say. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, what do do, baby? Good morning, gentlemen. Oh, my Allah. Introduce yourself to the audience. Uh, hey, everybody. Jack McCarty and Brian Carlson here on Natty Marquette. We just want a big shout-out to the boys down on Michigan and we're excited for what the day has to hold. How you doing, Jack? So it's Gallagher and I in studio right now. How are you guys doing? We're doing well. We're doing way too well, actually. It's fantastic. We, we just, you're calling in at the perfect time because our man Brian Gallagher from Minnesota was upset <laughs> that the Timberwolves aren't getting bought by Kevin Garnett. We just talked a little <laughs> hockey as well. Uh, do you think expansion teams are, uh, more expansion teams are in line for the NHL? I hope not. I think they got to bring back a team in Quebec City just for the people themselves. Yep. I, they've been really missing one down there. I guess up there from our point of view. But um, I do like expanding Seattle. They got a really good fan base with the with the Seahawks. And I mean, when the Supersonics were there, they were selling out every game. So I mean, uh, I could see them having a big fan base. But I don't know. You can't be too crazy with expansion teams. I know in '67 when they brought in quite a few teams in the NHL, they had a real trouble in selling out tickets. But what are you thinking? I mean, what are you gonna? Are you going to call the Quebec City the Nordiques again? No. Yeah. I think you brought the Winnipeg Jets back. Bring the, bring the Nordiques back, too? Yeah. Right. It's funny. The biggest takeaway I'll take away from NHL expansion teams is that I see people on Marquette's campus wearing Seattle Kraken merch. They haven't played a game yet. They don't even have players. <laughs> I, it, Thank you. It's, it's, just, it's a hype. It's just like a hype thing. It's a social media thing almost. They're not a real they team have- yet. Yeah. Do you think uh, do you think they're going to do the same type of draft they did for the Golden Knights? Those those drafts can kill some teams. Kill oh teams. my lord. We protect only 10 players and then that team goes to the what was the conference finals their first year? Yeah, Stanley Cup second year. Like take Montreal for instance. Uh, goalie situation of we have Carey Price right now, and also Jake Allen, two really good goaltenders. You realistically only can protect one unless you're going to protect both and screw over your either forwards or decor. Um, you got to protect Price in that case, and then Jake Allen is a real easy pickup for the Kraken. Well, it's the same as the uh, Murray Flurry debacle yeah. in Pittsburgh. Yeah. So we're going to get. They chose Murray, and they really lost that bet. They did. And that's talking hockey on Gibson and Grub. Would it be unfair for the NHL to change it to you can now protect 11 players instead of 10 because the Vegas was so successful, or would that be unfair just because it's like they're switching like the rules of the game halfway through? I think the Kraken might be a little pissed. 
or <laughs> might, I mean, realistically, if they think they can get the same odds Vegas had and make it to the conference finals, their inaugural season, which without this draft would be astronomically crazy. I mean, they have every right to be upset. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, if I think they should do some sort of snakes raft where they go through all thirty-one teams now, yeah. and then it's more strategic on who you're going to put up for a bet kind of thing, and then you can snatch or either pass, and you really have a not an equal chance to get mediocre players. But the way Vegas was so good is they got all these middle of the road like I don't know third yeah third line forwards for instance who weren't getting any playing time but were really good and they're hungry. And they Platform. They're hungry. Exactly. They're given the platform to play, and they really, really played well. I mean, if it stays, if it stays, if the draft stays the same, you end up where thirty teams are going to be pissed. Vegas doesn't really have a leg to stand on, but the other thirty, the fan bases are going to be mad because they're losing some of their favorite players that they like to like to grind the uh, ground and pound players on the third line because they can just pick them off any roster they choose. Real quick, it's also National Marquette Day, obviously. Big, uh, big plans for your group and uh, thoughts on the game. You know, we're just yeah, we're looking to play a little outdoor die, and uh, <laughs> let's let's ring out a Hoya tonight. I think uh, I think we can grab the dub. Roll into the Big East tournament feeling good. Big East just got bigger. The Big East just got bigger. The Big East just got bigger. <laughs> And that's not because of UConn. <laughs> <laughs> nope, that's Theo John stepping in the building. <laughs> All right, boys, any final thoughts for us? I hope to see you both later at the game. And uh, if not, we will uh, see you somewhere around campus today. But MU Ra Ra. MU Ra Ra. MU Ra Ra. We appreciate it. Take it easy. See you, boys. All right, we'll see you boys later. Good hearing from them. Good hearing from them. That's our good friends Jack and Brian down at... Uh, the Hockey Corner. The Hockey Corner. I just got a submission. Most hockey talk ever on Games and Grub. That is true. Yeah. That's that's probably the most... But I want to I talk about expansion teams. I think the NBA could go to like 40 teams and be like fine. In, I the, think in the current... I think there's that many talented players, and I think that there's that many cities that could support an NBA team. I do think... I mean the the super team culture of the NBA. You you don't realize how many superstars there are. If you put if you had one legitimate star or or a one type star on thirty teams or even stretch it out more than that, I think they'd be fine. But you just got to have and the think, super team problem think solved. Think about this every year, every year during the All Star game, somebody's getting snubbed, and it's not like just one person. Every year you hear. 10 guys in each conference saying that they got snubbed. Right? For the All-Star game? Yeah, for the All-Star game. Because there's so many guys that are that that are 20, like, five-point-a-game guys that are just out there putting up buckets. But you can't... It's tough to make room for all of them. The NBA All-Star game is actually tomorrow, which has come up like it's nothing because... Uh, the All-Star Weekend festivities now with the uh, coronavirus restrictions are being basically condensed into one day. 
So before the game, you're going to have the skills competition uh, on TNT, all on, on the Turner Sports Network down at Atlanta. What if they just took away all the gimmicks because they fit it in in one day? It was just like a straight-up three-point contest, like like no, like, none, yeah, of, the, so it's gonna none be... of the flashing lights and 25-minute mm. intros. What if it was just like Steph Curry three-pointers or this guy three-pointers, this guy skills, mm. and they just like went through it, no gimmicks? I think so that'd it be is kind of cool. So it is going to be skills and three point before the game, and then you're going to have the dunk contest at halftime. So like all that. the all the festivities, like you had mentioned, of the pregame parties and the celebrity of it all, is obviously going to be stripped away. But it is as um, NBA reporter Jared Greenberg said on CBS Sports Radio this week for uh, NBA on TNT that the All Star Game is surprisingly. And I know it was surprising for you when I told you the third most watched event in the NBA for the entire season every year on average behind the NBA finals and the conference finals. So it's obviously a major source of revenue for the NBA. And just like the NHL, we're talking about with expansion teams. The NBA is a business and you got to have, especially with obviously fan revenue going way down this past 12 months, having fans in the stands was a huge blow or lack of fans in the stands so we're gonna have an interesting all-star weekend or or all-star day coming up uh this weekend so 414-288-7091 we're going to call up our friend adam baum in the next break or excuse me after the break and we're gonna go to break right now with a best of games and grub moment and we've done these from a year ago But it's funny, Brian, right around this time last year, we had our last show before the lockdown. So we're going to throw it back to a week from now where our good friend, now sick friend, he's he's still, yeah, Zach Passios, chide me about the Dunkachino. This was a big hit in the streets. So we're going to play it again, go to break, hit up our man Adam Baum, and be right back. I'm sorry, but if you go up to the counter and say I want a Dunkachino, like, come on. Oh, this come you're on. so wrong. On no, this. This I'm is sorry. You're a so Dunkachino, like, I remember, I remember. Maybe if you're home. five years old, I remember. Be- What's your beef with the Dunkachino? I don't know. I just got some beef with it. Why? Call it a hot chocolate mix with a coffee. Why you got it? Okay, so you're that much of a. You can't be a, you know, what, oh, so why don't the why don't we name. call a shamrock shake the green vanilla shake? You walk into a Dunkin' and say I want a Dunkachino, I'm going to laugh at you. I, please do, because I, I remember being at home. I love the things, too. And I, I remember there was a pot of coffee and there was some leftover hot chocolate as well. Made a little homemade Dunkachino. And I remember walking around the kitchen thinking of you because I remember you had this take last semester. I don't think it was on radio. I just don't want to say it out loud. I don't want... You don't want to be the person saying it out loud. Something's brewing at D&D. Wow! Dunkachino! It's not Al anymore! It's Dunk! Dunkachino? Don't mind if I do! What's my name? Dunkachino! It's a whole new game! Dunkachino! You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend. Say hello to my chocolate blend. Attica, who I lucky like. This whole trial is out of sight. They pull me back in with hazelnut too. Caramel swirl, I know it was you. 
Everyone wants my Dunkachino. Can't get enough of my Dunkachino. Kids from 7 to 17 lining up for my Dunkachino. What's my name? Dunkachino. Dunkachino. Something's brewing at D&D. Wow! Al Pacino! It's not Al anymore! It's Dunk! Dunkachino? Don't mind if I do! What's my name? Dunkachino! It's a whole new game! Dunkachino! You want creamy goodness? I'm your friend! Say hello to my chocolate blend! Attica, who are lucky like? This whole trial is out of sight! Alright, welcome back to Games and Grub. That's the voice of none other than Al Pacino as the Dunkachino ad. From Dunkin' Donuts. I don't have the year on that, but that comes from a long, 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 long time ago. So that was the highlight of the week, I'd say, for most Games and Grub fans. And we're going to have Adam Baum join us from the Cincinnati Inquirer mere minutes from now. So we're going to get him to hop on the phone with us. But for now, we are on air with you at 414 288 7091. We're going to run into, we're going to attempt to get our man Adam Baum on air as we speak. So give us two minutes of fun, again, Dunkachino, Al Pacino, whatever it is, type music. We're going to head to break with the sweet sounds of Miguel, again, from Coffee in the Morning, as this was probably, again, part of the best clip that you heard this week or excuse me last week on games and grub and we'll be right back with adam bound All right, we are back. We are joined by Games and Grub host, excuse me, yeah, Aiden Hatton's host and Brian Gallagher on the line. And our next guest is the Cincinnati Inquirer men's basketball beat writer for Xavier. He joins us on a big National Marquette Day, game day Marquette versus Xavier. It is our main man, 
Adam Baum. Adam, good morning. Thanks so much for joining us. Thanks for having me. And you know what? Congrats to you. You you got my last name right. That, that doesn't happen all that often for me. So kudos there, man. Man, I, I appreciate it. We were actually in the car ride over, and I was scouting out a couple things. How to? Uh, what are the most common mispronunciations of your last name? Oh, everyone calls me Adam Baum. Baum? <laughs> yeah, it's been like that my entire life. Um, you know, a lot of people who know me even really well, they still make the mistake. So it's uh, it, it led to a pretty cool nickname, though. I played football growing up, so I was known as, uh, as A-Bomb, which was... Which, you know, as far as nicknames go, that was a pretty good one. I was going to say, I did a, a couple seconds probably of, of research going into the interview, and I heard that your fullback skills in high school were didn't leave a lot to be desired. <laughs> a fullback? <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Oh. And, and, well, I love that research you put in there. <laughs> we, we try to do a little bit, but obviously on the collegiate D1 level, a big day for your team at, at Xavier, the team you cover, and also uh, here at Marquette on campus with, I mentioned, National Marquette Day. It's, my, it's not known as, as a you know, Big East-wide holiday, but obviously the university's quote-unquote national holiday. So we'll get into all the fun basketball stuff. But I wanted to start with a little more fun clip. We are Games and Grub, sports, food, and everything in between. And obviously, working for the Cincinnati Inquirer, you have had your fair amount of run-ins with Skyline Chili. And one of our big fans and friends on the show is John Fanta from the Big East Digital Network, who has come on with us and is one of our great friends. So I want to play this clip. I believe it will come through through the phone line. We asked him the best food spots around the Big East Conference. And Cincinnati, with both the Montgomery Inn and Skyline Chili, made a big difference. So let's play this clip. Skyline Chili in Cincinnati. You got to go to Skyline Chili as well as for a nicer dinner in Cincinnati, the Montgomery Inn, right on the water. Here's how I, here's how I knew Montgomery Inn was the right place for dinner. I'm walking up the steps for dinner, and John Gruden is on the steps waiting for his car service to pick him up. He was there for a Bengals Monday night football game. No way. Yes, John Gruden. Spider 2Y. All right, so Spider 2Y shows up at the Montgomery Inn. Have you had any certain run-ins with either Montgomery Inn or Skyline Chili, anything like that? Well, um, you know, it's interesting that, that John had that experience. I've personally uh, never run into anyone like that at Montgomery Inn, but oddly enough, you know, this year it's been different because of COVID. You know, we the, the media situation at Cintas Center for Xavier Home Games has has taken kind of a drastic turn as opposed to normal years. But normally that's our pregame meal for Xavier games for the media is Montgomery and ribs. And so that's like, I I've been, I've been, you know, overserved that so much recently in the last few <laughs> years that I, I haven't had to go down to the boathouse, but he's right. It's really cool. It's a, it's right on the Ohio river. It's a, it's a cool little spot. And, it's delicious. And then in terms of skyline, believe it or not, one of my best friends, um, you know, I'm a Cincinnati guy born and raised his family actually started skyline. So his family owns a bunch of locations in the Cincinnati area. So when we were in high school, we'd go there after hours 
and we'd get to experiment in the kitchen. We'd try to make up our own concoctions. Oh, wow. See wow. if anything could stick and, and maybe work its way onto the menu. None of us did get anything on the menu, but it was, uh, it was a fun few years getting to just mess around and try different things. There, there's no A-bomb chili on the menu? <laughs> no. No, I wish, man. That'd be, that'd be the highlight of my career right there. So that's a that's a great two sentiments from from also you know our man John Fanta and also Adam Baum who joins us now from the Cincinnati Enquirer Xavier men's basketball beat writer. Let's get into a little basketball because Paul Scruggs has been known as one of the most underrated players in the Big East and maybe the entire country. Um, obviously his absence in in a couple games and and fouling out in the last few games we've seen Xavier um, struggle without him do you think he could potentially have you know make a big difference for Xavier down the stretch here well I think that they need him to Um, I'm not sure how much you followed Xavier at the end of last year but this was a guy who you know Xavier was very much kind of in a similar situation as they are this year kind of hovering around that NCAA tournament bubble and Paul Scruggs injured his hamstring at the end of last year. He missed uh, the provi- a Providence, a close Providence loss on the road, then a Butler loss at home, and then he missed the, the DePaul loss in the first round of the Big East tournament. And, you know, I feel like had they won any one of those games, they probably would have gotten in. Obviously, there was no NCAA tournament. But you look at this team and the, and the way that they're built and the way that they operate, he's such a huge part of everything that they do. And, you know, I, I think – Obviously, tonight, they're on the road at Marquette. This is a team that's kind of struggled on the road this year. They're actually 0-4 when they need to, to fly by plane to a road game. They're 2-0 and when they need to go by bus. But in the two road wins, Paul Scruggs was their best player. He was the best player on the floor, did everything that they needed him to do. And when he plays like that, it really sort of spreads throughout the rest of the team. And their last time out at Georgetown, he had arguably one of his worst games in a Xavier uniform, and it led to really a a lackluster, half-hearted performance from the Musketeers. And I just think that if this team is going to have any chance to get it done tonight, they they need another performance from Paul Scruggs like they got in the first game against Marquette this year. I'm sure that you guys remember that, probably would rather not remember it, but, you know, he had he had 29 points in that game, and he did everything. So if, if he brings it, that I think that gives Xavier a lot better chance of, of maybe pulling off a, a road win tonight. I'll uh, regrettably b- bring up that first game for our next question. Uh, Adam Kunkel's <laughs> big buzzer beater, I remember being at home and just devastated. But It was a dagger. After that, after that perception of that first game, what are your perceptions of Marquette after that first game and, and watching them, you know, with one eye, obviously, um, in the rest of the season, what, what is your sort of takedown of the, of the X and O's tonight? Well, I think, you know, the, the thing that I can say about Marquette is like, I've been impressed that they, that they didn't fold things up. You know, I think that there was a stretch there for a while where things got a little bit rough and, you know, you look at their record, but the last four games, I watched them go down to North Carolina. That was a really impressive performance. And, you know, I think that Marquette's going to be motivated tonight, man. It's senior night. As you said, it's National Marquette Day. And, you know, you got a chance to, to sort of throw a wrench in Xavier's postseason plans here. So I think we're going to see a highly motivated Marquette team. And, and as for sort of the X's and O's, you know, 
this game's going to be different than the first one from the simple fact that Xavier's personnel is a little different. Um, Nate Johnson had 14 points, four three-pointers in that first meeting. He's out for the year. He's not going to play tonight. We saw a, a little bit of a Ben Stanley appearance. He tore his ACL for Xavier. He's not going to play tonight. And then in the first game, Dwan Odom, their freshman point guard, he was in COVID-19 protocol, so he didn't play at all in that first game. He's going to be a starter tonight for Xavier. So I think the personnel is a little different. I think we might see something in that first game that we didn't see, which is Xavier's been tinkering a little bit with a smaller lineup. So you know, I think that they got beat up a little bit in the first game around the basket. Theo John and Dawson Garcia sort of had their way with, with Xavier's big men. But, you know, I just think stylistically this is going to be a different game than the first game because of those those absences and those additions from Xavier. So what are we thinking for uh, the bubble March Madness here? Uh, what are Xavier's uh, – what are we looking like for seeding? Um, how, how well do you think the team's gearing up health-wise, just how they're playing overall movement of the season? Uh, what are the, what's the late season outlook looking like here? Yeah, the, this team's been a little bit hard to figure out because, <laughs> you know, you, you look at what they did against Creighton last Saturday, and it's like – they looked like a second weekend NCAA tournament team. I know it's one game, but they haven't been able to replicate, replicate that from game to game. And that's really what you need at the end of the season is you need to string good games together, solid performances. They, they put on their best performance of the season against Creighton, and then they lay an absolute egg at Georgetown and didn't look good at all. So I really don't know what we're going to see here tonight, but I do know this. Xavier is a ton to play for in this game, not just the NCAA tournament, but you find a way to win tonight, and then you clinch a first-round bye in the Big East Conference tournament, which is always big because you get a little bit more rest, you get a little more time to prepare. Um, so they got a lot on the line. I checked this morning doing a little bit of uh, a legwork for tonight's game, and you know I use Bracket Matrix. I'm not sure if you guys are familiar with that, but it, it sort of pull, pulls every bracket, every bracket, of substance, if you will, but there were 116 brackets pulled, and Xavier was still in 105 of them. So I think right wow. now they're 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 in, but there there's not a lot of margin for error because I think if Marquette wins this game tonight, Xavier's probably going to fall outside on the on the wrong side of the bubble, and then you got to go to the the Big East Conference tournament next week, and they probably have to win at least two games to to try to play their way back into the field, in my opinion. So, you know, I think that it better be a desperate Xavier team tonight. It has to be a desperate Xavier team with all that they have to play for. So I think we're going to see a really hard game, man. It's going to be a tough one. And you mentioned the uh, the Big East Conference Tournament. Uh, obviously, we were one of the last conferences standing uh, right when this pandemic was starting. <laughs> We've made it through, what was it, a game and a half or half of a game? You mentioned Xavier making it through a full game. Yeah, they made it through a full game. But uh, how do you think the what, what do you think the overall feel of the tournament's going to be this year? Uh, different circumstances. I think we, we should be grateful that we have the basketball that we have, um, that we get to watch it again. But obviously, it won't be the Madison Square square garden that we're used to no it's uh it's it's interesting that you bring that up because you know i'm not traveling this year because of the pandemic but normally i follow xavier to all their games and i cover them in person so i was at that madison square garden game last year and i remember it hands down the weirdest game that i've ever had to cover because literally during a game while the two teams were on the floor we had rudy gobert test positive for for the utah jazz 
we had the the news break that Tom Hanks had contracted the coronavirus. And it was like, we're sitting here watching this game and the people around me, the security guards, other media people sitting next to me are talking about all this other stuff that's going on. It was just, it was just such a weird vibe in that arena. And then on top of it, you know, Xavier didn't play very well. So, um, and believe it or not, we had a a post-game press conference after that game in the same room with, with Xavier's head coach, Travis Steele and a few players. And that's the last time that I've even been in the same room as anyone from Xavier. So it's, wow. it's kind of crazy to think that that was a year ago, but yeah, you're right, man. This year is going to be different. That place is not going to be packed. Um, but just, I think it's like the, the fact that we're going to be able to have that, we're going to be able to watch it and experience it again. It's, uh, it's been a rough year for everyone, man. And I think, you know, the fact that they're going to put on this show and we're going to be able to hopefully enjoy it. Like it, it, we've come a long way in the last year. It feels like Adam Baum joins us from the Cincinnati Inquirer, Xavier men's basketball beat writer. How do Xavier fans feel with slowly fans getting back into arenas and hopefully yourself getting back into that arena and press rooms similarly? Um, are there any stadium foods that fans are willing to, or I should say, yearning to get back to? Well, um, you know, it's interesting. I, I've, I've actually never sampled the in-house, like, Centos Center offerings because we always get stuffed beforehand with the the pregame media meal so right um, but i do know from from talking to a lot of fans and interacting with them on twitter like they they've really missed the fact that that they haven't been able to be in that building to to the extent that they normally are i think there's been a little bit unique because i know marquette is allowing fans tonight for the game i think 1800 i saw but yep. xavier for the most of the year was right at 300. They weren't allowed to have more than 300 in the building. They just got granted recently a variance request but from the state of Ohio so they could increase it to, a, to almost 1,000, over 900. And, you know, it, it makes a difference, man. It's kind of weird sitting in an arena and not hearing a, a crazy crowd involved in the game. So it, it'll be good when, when everyone's back in the building and you can tour it because that, that's, what, that's what makes sporting events so cool, in my opinion, is like, yeah, the – the action on the floor is great, but sometimes the the environment that the fans create it it really completes the picture and makes it all worthwhile. So I've certainly missed it, and I'm looking forward to to things getting back to normal here at some point. Couple fun ones to wrap up with our main man Adam Baum. We'll let you in on a show segment that we do pretty much every week. Pretty simple. Uh, what was the best food that you ate this week? This week, oh. Uh, last night I had a, a fish fry. I went to a local fish fry here in Cincinnati, and it was pretty good, man. Um, you know, the the weird thing about this pandemic is I've been I've been working on my diet and trying to cook a little bit more for myself, not eat out as much. But last night I went out, got a fish sandwich, man, and it uh, some sweet potato fries with it. It it hit the spot, you know. Yeah. Yeah, the fish that you don't have fish that much, but during the the Lent season when you start having it every Friday, uh, it's, exactly, it's like why don't I do this every Friday? <laughs> <laughs> and last but not least, anything else that you wanted to cover that we didn't get to, whether it was the game today, Big East tournament, uh, any of our silly food thoughts, anything else with us? Well, I'm I'm curious. You know, I know that like I don't have answers to uh, one of the big questions 
I think for every team is like, are, are any of your seniors going to take advantage of the free year of eligibility and come back? And, you know, I know I've been thinking about it. Xavier has four seniors. Um, one of them is Paul Scruggs. I honestly, I don't think that he's probably going to, but I'm curious about Marquette. It, do, do you guys think any, any of Marquette seniors might be interested in coming back and taking advantage of another year? Uh, I'd, I'd hope so. <laughs> um, there hasn't there hasn't been too many tea leaves on. Uh, so it would be Theo John, Kobe McEwen, and Jamal Kane. Um, it doesn't look like any of those guys are currently getting any NBA looks or draft looks. But certainly overseas, I think Theo John stepped up his game offensively this year in order to you know potentially maybe play a role maybe somewhere in Europe. The same could be said for uh, Kobe McEwen as well. So it doesn't look like there's any tea leaves saying that they would come back to Marquette, but you never know. Definitely good buzz to watch yeah. out for in the coming weeks for all fans. It's a great point that you bring up. Yeah, that'll be a popular question, you know, when some of these teams start to wrap up their seasons. Like, And, the, you know, I spoke to someone recently about the fact that there might not be, you know, I think overseas might be a little bit different than the United States, but like in terms of opportunities for some of these guys to go play overseas, maybe they aren't as many, maybe, maybe things like that play a role in, in their decision of whether or not they want to come back to college for another year. But yeah, that's, that's going to be sort of a, a huge tipping point in the off season in terms of how teams approach and look at next season. So it'll be interesting. Well, it was a blast having you on this morning, Adam Baum from the Cincinnati Inquirer, Xavier men's basketball beat writer. Good luck or, or lack thereof tonight, and <laughs> we should do this again soon, man. Thank you so much. We appreciate it, man. Yeah, thanks for having day. me. Good luck tonight. Absolutely. All right. Yeah, you too, guys. Take care. There he is, Adam Baum from the Cincinnati Inquirer, Xavier men's basketball beat writer. That is the Marquette men's basketball game day experience that you need from a Xavier perspective and he was awesome man I think I think I can speak for both of us that that was a good interview he played he played a lot of fun games with us he knew John Fanta he talked about I didn't know that as Xavier media they get Montgomery in to start every game I think we got to go to Cincinnati Cincinnati soon once things start opening up we got to go we got to try to uh, get the the skyline chili and then uh, this boathouse uh, what is it? What's it called? The Montgomery the Inn. Montgomery. So, the Montgomery Inn. So he mentioned the Montgomery they delivered to the Cintas Center at Cincinnati's uh, at Xavier's men's basketball games, but the boat. I think he mentioned the boathouse is sort of the big location, um, the the dine-in type location. So, again, if you listen to us during the quarantine period in March, early March or late March, I should say, when John Fanta came on. That was his big story about he was walking up to the steps and John Gruden's waiting for his limo. So you know that's a legit restaurant down there in Cincinnati. You know Cincinnati takes care of their food with Skyline Chili and the fish fries, as Adam mentioned. So thanks again to Adam for carving out, you know, 20 minutes of his time on on a big uh, Xavier game day. We'll hit the break, come back, talk about more NBA news. We got Donovan Mitchell. We got the All-Star game. We've got, we've already mentioned the Timberwolves. Jim Beheim going after reporters. A lot of fun basketball news right after this. This is Games and Grub right here on Market Radio. Yeah, it's Joe from Toronto. How you doing? Joe, he's back. Good, Joe. How you doing? If you can't order your morning drink in one or two sentences... 
you shouldn't be ordering that drink. You know what I'm saying? I agree. I if you got to go double-double venti latte with a hint of this and a thing of that, that's a meal. It should be Duncan's R- a, a medium regular. R-E-G. How many, how many words half is too many? Medium half and half. That's, that, that's good. If you get into a green with the lemonade and the venti and the things, you're wasting your, you're wasting your life away. You know, Joe, the other great way I've heard to describe it is the number of syllables. How many syllables you add to it? So medium regular. Meet him half and half. Well, I'm glad you thought about it. I'm glad that some of your co-hosts there aren't ordering this kind of stuff. All right, take care. Brush your hair. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thanks, <laughs> Joe. Take care. Brush your hair. Where's that coming from? Yeah, it's Joel from Toronto. How you doing? Games and Grub on Marquette Radio. Welcome back. That was Joe from Toronto this past week talking about all his fun with coffee orders and vente latte and green and lemonade. And we created a new new partnership, not only with ourselves and Adam Baum, who you just heard before the break from the Cincinnati Inquirer, but also Joe from Toronto and Uncle Chris seem to have created a uh, indirect bond friendship based on their similar attitude during games and grub call-ins. So during, a, during an uncle's weekend, we may have to have uh, Zach's uncle and my uncle come up um, for, a nice, for a nice coffee, uh, black coffee with just milk and cream. They won't, they won't worry you with your coffee order. So we'll, we'll have to look forward to that. But in terms of things to looking forward to right now, let's get into some NBA news, Brian, or, or basketball news, I should say. We you mentioned one of the big things on your on your mind was the Timberwolves and the Kevin Garnett ownership situation. Let's get into Donovan Mitchell, this big soundbite coming from this week, losing to the 76ers, his team, the Utah Jazz, one of the greatest stories in the NBA this year. But he was a little fed up with the refs, and yesterday it cost him 25K. Let's listen up. It's screwed in a way by this. You know, like we, we won this game, in my personal opinion, you know. But like I said, I'm going to give them credit. They won, whatever, cool. But, like, this is cons- it's, it's a consistent thing. And, you know, the question is, can we can we do it? Can we sustain it? Are we for real number one? Like, here the hell we are. And it's getting, it's getting ridiculous, KK, that this is, this is what's happening. You know what I mean? We have a whole second half of the season to go and get ready for, but like I'm sick of it. To be honest with you, we all are. You know, and I think this is something that just it bite it, it eats me. It eats at me, man. And it's I don't I don't y'all know what it is. We all know what it is, but it's it's really getting out of hand. It's really, really, really getting out of hand. And the league needs to do something about this because I wanna see the last two minute report. I wanna see All right, so that's Donovan Mitchell clearly at the breaking point. You know what? I love it. I love it. I love every bit of it. Donovan Mitchell, you can go out and get fined 25K every day. He's gearing his team up for the playoffs. He's bringing the intensity every single day. He's trying to win a championship. Do you think think that's what he conveys in that clip, though? Because he's clearly arguing with the refs. He's frustrated with the refs, and that, that that derives from his competitive nature. The biggest takeaway I took from that was the quote of, we all know what it is. What is it about, okay, the refs want to give the game to 
Joel Embiid, give the games to LeBron and, and Kawhi Leonard and the real the real superstars? Is he saying it is the sort of rigged nature of the NBA? Maybe not rigged, but you maybe know. maybe it's just the NBA is becoming soft. Is that part of it? I, I think the I think it was a little soft by Donovan Mitchell to right after the game. I think that was his first answer potentially um, back to reporters, and and he didn't he he did give credit earlier in that clip to uh, the Philadelphia 76ers in that in that win, but and the Jazz have had a great year so far, and they're like I said they're one of the great really really interested stories. to see them after the All Star break. Very hopefully interesting hopefully team. they can continue what they've been doing so far. Uh, you know I've heard a lot of people saying. Oh, maybe they're peaking too early. Maybe like like why are they doing this? Well, would you be saying that if the Lakers were twenty seven and nine right now? No, <laughs> like there's no so like yes, there is a thing as peaking too early, but peaking too early and staying at that peak is also what great teams do. And if you want to be a great team, you have to do as great teams do. A couple fun stories you mentioned. Obviously, Utah. Another big team, the Phoenix Suns, been making a lot of noise. They just finished out their pre-All-Star break schedule with a win over the Golden State Warriors. The addition of Chris Paul, we were talking about it last night before the show, has made them an entirely different team. Yeah, they. I mean, they, they could win a playoff series or two. I, I don't think they're going to win the championship or anything, but uh, it's good to see Chris Paul out there and still doing what he's doing because he, he's, an, he's an all-time great point guard. Um, we didn't really see him play the way he wanted to play in uh, in Houston. We got we saw it a little bit last year when he was in Oklahoma City. Uh, not not that much buzz around Oklahoma City though. You just don't hear that much about him. Mm. So uh, he's on the Phoenix Suns. He's got he's got a swag team with Devin Booker. I mean, smoothest player in the NBA. Kendall so, Jenner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. The, that record is gonna go in the garbage second half. <laughs> the uh, <laughs> Kardashian curse is real. So, our next uh, our next uh, real type story comes from the college landscape and Jim Beheim. So you may have heard this soundbite this week. I'm sort of going around with Donovan Mitchell. That was a great soundbite. The other great basketball soundbite that came from this week was Jim Beheim, and his uh, just s- scatters a student. Or excuse me, we had this past story a couple weeks ago with our man Jake Piazza, who was a student reporter from Duke, the Duke Chronicle. And Coach Mike Sashevsky went after him with his "What's your major?" type comment. So Jim Beheim goes after Jim Beheim just sandbags this kid. Sandbag. Like okay, so Matthew <laughs> just buries him. <laughs> okay, so Matthew Gutierrez is a staff writer for the Athletic, and, and we're we're big fans of the Athletic here at Games and Grub. Uh, he big covers fa- no, we're big fans of the Athletic headlines here at Games and Grub. Okay, good, fair. <laughs> Covering So he covers Syracuse men's basketball and golf. He's a Syracuse alum. He joined Twitter July 2010. So I'm looking at his profile picture here. My guess is he's, you know, under 30, probably 25 to 30. But Jim Beheim gets a question from Matthew Gutierrez right after a win. So they beat Clemson 64-54 victory. And Jim Beheim, this was from Tuesday, I believe. Wednesday, sorry. And Jim Beheim gets a question about how can your team perform better on defense? Asked a question about the quote-unquote defensive growth. And this is what Jim Beheim had to say. This is courtesy of Barstool Sports. Yeah. Our next 
but, but, but if I had played Jesse and Kodari, we'd probably be 22 and 2 now. I just didn't see that. And I couldn't figure that out by myself after 45 years. I need a reporter to figure that out who's never played basketball and is 5'2. <laughs> if I played Jesse Edwards and I forget the other name. We'd be 22 and 2 now. Couldn't figure that out. <laughs> Couldn't figure that out on my own after 45 years. I need a reporter to tell me who's never played basketball before and is 5 foot 2. Matthew Gutierrez. Bro, these legacy coaches, they're getting sick of it, man. So Jim first we had Mike Mike Shashevsky, now we got Jim Beheim. And I know if Zach was listening, he'd want us to mention Mike Bray. Out of Notre Dame, I'll, he's not a he's not a Coach K. He's not a Jim Beheim, but he's been at Notre Dame for 21 years. He's getting thrown under the bus by the fans. These guys are slowly, slowly, slowly uh, deteriorating away their immediate legacy because of you know, you know who, you either know bad feel, losses or dumb. You know comments. who's taking their spot? Steve Wojciechowski. <laughs> are you serious? No. no. <laughs> um, the Gonzaga coach, Bill Self. Mark Few. Mark Few. Yep. Bill Self it. is at uh, Kansas. Yes, yes, yes. Mark Few. That Gonzaga team's playing, man. They go out there and they just hoop. And they just hoop the whole game. And then they get their backups in. And their backups will just get buckets on you. You will not see many college basketball pundits and, and analysts, and even our man Adam Baum, who we just had, deny that Gonzaga is the best team in the country. And but I, I like what the, like their coach, Mark Few, he's been there for a while and like, Every time I watch their games, it's like I see like the his stats, at, like his just like coaching <laughs> wins, unbelievable the coaching wins and like the win percentage, and he's like a pretty young guy and he's get he's climbing that leaderboard fast. They've won f- like fifty straight home games, and Mark Few has been at Gonzaga for a while. He's fifty eight. He's been there since nineteen ninety nine. So this will be his twenty second year there. Borderline uh, Gino from. Uh, from UConn women's basketball. Gino Ariyama. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can never pronounce his last name. Yeah, Ariyama. yeah. I, th- I believe it's Ari. Yeah, I believe it's Ariyama. Yeah. So shout out to our college coaches who are slowly moving up the ranks, and hopefully Steve Wojcicki will join them. <laughs> next story. N- next great soundbite I found. A lot of great basketball soundbites I found this week. The next one. Let's jump back to the NBA. Alex Caruso. Oh, I saw this. <laughs> so I was at. We didn't get to this last week, and I wanted. I wanted to get to it because who's giving this guy commercials? <laughs> so we are an anti-Alex Caruso podcast. Really? Yes, I hate Alex. All Caruso. right, so let's play. Let's play the clip first, and I want to get your thoughts on Alex Caruso <laughs> afterwards. So Alex Caruso, who is the bald half superstar for the Los Angeles Lakers, the. Uh, the, the best 12th man in the league. <laughs> is he a starter these days? I believe no. so. Um, he's not. Okay, so Alex Caruso, if you're not familiar with the story, he's an NBA, you know, LeBron James fan favorite type player um, for the Lakers, and he worked his way up all the way from the G League, and he looks like he'd be, you know, hooping at your local YMCA on the weekends. And he has a bald head. He wears a really funny headband, but he's actually been a great player for the Los Angeles Lakers. Yeah, he goes out there. He works hard. He so play, he plays his role. That's why. That's why he's found his spot. He knows. <laughs> he knows where he's supposed to play. All right. So I want to hear why after we play this clip. Why you're anti Alex Caruso? So Manscaped. If you're not familiar with the razor company, and we're not going to dive into this too much. Obviously, we want to keep it PG. But I was at. I was on. I was on the treadmill the other day at the gym. 
and they have you know all the line of TVs at the Marquette Rec Center, whether it's on the left, they got the sports channels, so ESPN, FS1, you're playing, you know, Undisputed and First Take in the mornings, and it comes to a commercial, and I see Alex Caruso, all bald, no headband, with a manscaped jersey on. So here's the audio. This is all PG. Audio of the Alex Caruso manscaped ad. Let's play it. Are you ready to step up your ball game? <laughs> it takes performance. Precision, power, and if you want to score, you gotta be smooth. <laughs> Head over to manscaped.com to get your lawnmower 3.0 and receive free shipping with your online order. Oh my All right, gosh. we are not sponsored by Manscaped, so if you want to watch the visual form, of that ad, you can uh, do that on your own time. But why would you consider Games and Grub an anti-Alex Caruso podcast? Just, just don't really like him. What, Sim- what bugs you that. about him? It's like, yeah, he like you think you're so cool, but you play with LeBron and Anthony Davis. Of course, you're gonna get some open looks. You have, there's not enough defenders on the floor to guard those guys. And he, yeah, he's he's a he's an opportunistic guy. Got to give him credit for that. And LeBron likes him, but his whole hype and all of that, he's not winning his team games. He's not going out there and doing all that. He takes advantage of dudes that that are getting ran up and down the court by Braun. <laughs> right? You are right in the fact that he's on the Lakers, and the Lakers are, you know, the NBA's biggest team. And he's going to get the exposure. Be, I don't think he'd be good at all on any other team. Okay. Do you think he would have the same sort of uh, novelty unicorn type exposure on social media, being you know no. bald head nope. coming from the G League? Nope. I mean, you're probably right in terms of he won't have that the same sort of eyeballs without like LeBron's endorsement. I'm not. I'm not hearing that he's that he is the Alex Caruso that he is now. How about a guy like Joe Ingles, who similarly looks like a YMCA type basketball player, and he should be hooping at your local gym on the weekend what if he was what if they flip flip uh flip spots would that change the narrative no i love joe angles <laughs> okay joe angles is a beast do you remember when he locked up paul george uh i don't <laughs> it was it was like two years ago it was because it wasn't the bubble it was two years ago the jazz played uh oklahoma city in yep. the playoffs and joe angles was getting buckets on them so he's a he's a starter isn't he there are guys, I believe so. He he's not in the same world as Alex Caruso. He doesn't have the athletic ability as Alex Caruso, but he's got the shot and the basketball, like just basketball IQ. Plays it the right way. How about a guy like Joe Harris, who's starring for the Brooklyn Nets? He was actually a three-point champion. Um, I don't know if he'll be there to defend his crown this weekend. You could make an, a starting five of guys that look like they should just the be the YMCA pickup group. The YMCA pickup group. And Joe Harris. Just just the basic type hairstyle or even receding hairline um, for these guys. And well, Joe Alex Ingles Caruso looks like a, is just Joe Ingles looks like an old man. I mean, similarly, Joe Harris looks like he... And his hairstyle looks like he's coming from eighth grade. But now, That's got to be demoralizing being like an NBA, an NBA player, maybe fresh out of college, and you go up against this one of those guys, and they just put up 20 points on you or... 15 points, couple boards. 
that's got to just be demoralizing. <laughs> Real quick before we move on, uh, did you see there? Did you see the tweet? There was a so Space Jam two. This is why I wanted to partly have our man Kevin Hurley on, um, our old freshman roommate. He's the biggest Michael Jordan stan, and he even even two years ago, before Space Jam two had even been close to coming out, said that it would be trash because LeBron was the lead actor. And it actually came out this week, and LeBron, <laughs> there were jokes, all the all the Twitter crew, what the kids say these days, talking about how the film should win a visual effects award because LeBron's hairline is indeed perfect. It looks like it was, you know, God-given. Yeah, and I'm we, looking at it right now. And we oh know LeBron. <laughs> He's never know. looked like that. <laughs> what is this? He's never looked like that before. So we know LeBron's hair has taken some lumps these past few years. I'm surprised he hasn't just gone bald yet and stayed bald. Because that's what a lot of guys do when they get older. Alex, he could take a page from Alex Caruso's book. Kobe and Jordan both went bald. Well, Jordan was bald, but... He's Kobe Kobe did bald. go bald. Kobe had the afro when he was number eight. Yeah. Um, and then did go bald. Another guy who's been bald for his whole career and is struggling now in his TV career is Shaquille O'Neal. And this story comes from the NBA on TNT inside the NBA when he is doing pre and post game and halftime shows. So he went after Donovan Mitchell, who we talked about earlier on in the show, um, from Louisville product in the Utah Jazz. He went after him. This is a big story, and we this was weeks ago, and we didn't get to it, basically saying after a game that he didn't respect his, or he respected his game, but he didn't think he, quote, had what it takes to get to the next level. So the next TNT game that Shaq and the TNT crew had for the Jazz, your main man, Adam Lefko, sets it up for Shaq to potentially apologize to Donovan or question him specifically if Shaq thinks he motivated Donovan. Here's the clip from a couple weeks ago in February. This is part one of the Shaq versus Donovan Mitchell type story. Uh, it looks really good. And uh, some would say that you I'm can't happy. hate because of why. Why, why can't I hate? Yeah, why can't no, you I, hate? I, I never hate. I just try because to Because you're... Set it up for I the T-shirt. I just try to... We're trying uh, to sell merch here. We're trying to sell merch. I just try to give constructive criticism. And my whole career, I've been a leader, and I motivate my players a certain way. So you're welcome, Utah. Well, I was trying to motivate you. Uh, You're welcome, Utah. So he thanks... uh, He (laughs) thinks Utah should thank him for motivating Donovan Donovan Mitchell, who, you know, in our earlier story was fine 25K and, as Brian said, has that real competitive spirit now. Apparently Shaq thinks he has a little bit to do with it. But Shaq has taken his lumps, uh, the bald Shaq, taken some lumps this year for his performance on Inside the NBA. And he, he obviously got into it with Donovan Mitchell. That was a big sort of headline. And he is paid, obviously, handsomely to be an NBA expert along with uh, Kenny the Jet Smith and Charles Barkley and Ernie Johnson. They're getting their own documentary, which we may be dissecting in the coming We're, weeks. That will be dissected. Here on sure. Games and Grub. So Shaq, <laughs> this is, I can't even get through this without laughing. So Shaq is, as we know, paid to be an expert on the NBA for these games. Some would say that he's not there to be an expert. He's just there to be an entertainer. And that's where this origin story comes from, origin of this game that they played on Inside the NBA. So this is a little bit recent. 
a little bit more recent after the Donovan Mitchell saga. This is part two of Shaq inside the NBA. So before I, <laughs> before we before we play the game, I want to give a background. So Brian, NBA on TNT, Shaq knows the NBA, but does he really know the NBA? They're going to give him the last names of players <laughs> and see if he can guess their first name. So we'll play that right after our next caller who is on the air. Hello? You're on the air. I'm on the air. How are you today? Uncle Chris, how are Uncle you? Uncle Chris from New Jersey. How are we doing? <laughs> We've gotten to the point where I'm you good. almost don't need to introduce yourself. Go ahead. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, is it true? I, I kind of heard some pieces. Is it, is it true that we could be playing each other in the Big East tournament? So the way the seeding goes, it's uh, it's obviously up in the air, but there is a couple scenarios we'll, where... We'll be waiting for you guys in the championship. That potential 7-10 <laughs> matchup in the first round could be a possibility. If you get there, Brian, if, Brian, if you get there, you'll be waiting a long time because there's no chance we're getting to the championship. <laughs> I am a realist, if not anything else, okay? <laughs> okay? I just watched us get destroyed by St. John's after having a six-point lead at the half and get outscored by... I don't know. Maybe, or it was even more. I think we were actually up 10 at one point, and we lost by 13. St. John's is scary when they start clicking. They're they a scary are team very, this year. They are scary. They're very athletic. And they didn't have their uh, good freshman, Posh. Posh, Posh Alexander. Alexander, is that thing? Yeah, yep. they didn't have him. And they're still, they are athletic, and they get after you defensively. So I, I think I said that last week. I mean, I think them and uh, – them and Seton Hall are, are two teams that I probably wouldn't want to play in the Big East tournament. Those local New York teams, or you know, New York, New Jersey, tri-state area type teams you mentioned, have a chance to run at MSG because of their you know local fan base. Yeah, I mean, I think they just you know they they thrive on it. So, um, and um, I'm going to probably stay away from putting any money on Marquette this week after. A disaster that was last week. I mean, you guys weren't even competitive against UConn. I t- I looked at halftime. You were down twenty at half. Yeah. What so happened? It got it got back to I believe thirteen in the second half. But UConn is another one of those teams. We just talked about tri-state area where um, obviously they're not an immediate New York type team. They're more of that New England type team. But they're sitting. They're locked into that third spot in the tournament. So they're going to have that first round by and. I, I don't think, I mean, you just talked about Providence to defend the Golden Eagles a little bit. I don't think Providence could, could hold their jockstrap either. Well, we beat them, but we we beat them without Boak Knight, and that's a big that's a big thing. So Boak Knight's so really, we, really so good. We, he might be, we he actually might be injured, the best player in the Big East. We actually injured Boak Knight, so you can thank us for that. Ha, you don't want to. You don't want to thank you for injuring someone. Come okay. on, man. You're a Catholic school. Yeah, Come yeah, on, so. you can't do that. Well, so, okay. <laughs> Either way. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, so they're number three. Who's number two? Oh, Creighton. Creighton. So Villanova, Creighton, and Connecticut are locked into the three top three seeds today. But there are four games on the Fox Family Networks today with the Big East um, that will shift things. Um, Your boys, PC, playing Villanova. Um, They got St. John's and Seton Hall. They got Marquette and Xavier. And then you got Creighton versus Butler. So those are the four games that Big East fans are looking to today. Understood. 
And uh, I heard your um, your your guest before um, the Xavier guy talk asking about the fifty uh, year senior guys. I mean, yep. And I think he I think he touched on a really good point, um, saying that those guys, you know, there might not be as much of a market for them overseas now as there might be a year from now. So, you know, depending on if they think they're going to go play overseas or they're just, you know, saying, okay, forget it. Like, and I'm going to go into the working world. Um, you know, a guy like Theo John, he, he, you know, I, I don't know that, I don't think he plays in the NBA, but I'm pretty sure he could play overseas, but, you know, but if there's not, if there's half the teams that have openings, then maybe he should stay. I mean, the same, the same could be said for Nate Watson at Providence. The same could be said for a lot of guys. So um, I think it's you know I think they should stay. I would, you know, get a grad degree. <laughs> you know, if you're on scholarship and and, it, and you're still getting money, to, uh, why not stay? It is a great point. Uh, obviously, as fans, we hope that they would because you know, especially Theo John has taken his game to the next level at Marquette. So we'll see how that uh, unfolds in the near future. Any um, any initial thoughts about um, you know obviously Providence Villanova this weekend is it a big big weekend for you down there in New Jersey? Um, it doesn't have given the way we've played this year, it kind of doesn't have its uh, same uh, you know the same mojo that it normally would. Um, most of my most of my friends and uh, alum um, have a deep seated hatred for um, Villanova. Uh, and that will never change. Um, Villanova's soft, um, always has been, always will be. <laughs> the softest school in the Big East by a mile, okay? And I can tell you, when I come up for Uncle's Weekend, I'll tell you stories about <laughs> Villanova, but they are the softest school by far. All right, but so we... um, unfortunately, this year, this year is just not our, our year. So your, uh, your brother just gave me the line, it's minus four today for the Wildcats. Yeah, I would pound Villanova. Uh, Gillespie's not playing, I think, right? <laughs> Gillespie but I would is, pound Villanova. Yeah, he's out. And with here's an the other thing: whenever, whenever Providence plays, you always pound the under. Okay. <laughs> okay. I don't know how. I haven't looked at the Marquette betting trends. I'm sure our uh, our sick roommate Zach probably has. He's more of the betting man than than either of us. But he should be using his time in bed to just stay on Ken Palm and study. <laughs> <laughs> he's more into the statistics than we are. Right. Oh, I have a question for Brian. Being the, I know you guys brought up Minnesota before, it, and because I was listening to the, uh, the listening to down here WFAN, and they were talking about different you know trades and everything. Yep. Do you think Towns is going to get traded at I any hope, point? Uh, I want to say I hope so, but I also want to say I hope not. Um, I don't think we will trade him. I think that this this year has been unfortunate. Uh, he had COVID earlier. He broke his wrist like right at the beginning of 2021. Uh, D'Angelo Russell's been out. Uh, Malik Beasley was arrested earlier uh, in 2020. <laughs> so he's oh now serving God. a 12-game suspension. And Anthony Edwards, our first, number one overall draft pick, he's starting to come into his, but Dunk he's, not, he's not. Dunk able, of the year. Yeah, yeah, Dunk of the year yeah, by he, far. Body bagged him, but uh, <laughs> yep. and and he that's not he has good dunks like that almost every game not not like that but he's he's putting up highlight dunks all the time and I think he'll be good uh, and he's just gonna keep coming into his role but uh, I don't see a pressing need to blow up the team I just think that this is kind of a lost season right 
and then you can add it, add another piece or something. To kind of, I mean, Towns is good, and, and I think D'Angelo Russell is kind of underrated. I think he's actually a really good player. I haven't seen outside of that dunk. I haven't seen Edwards really, but um, Carl Anthony yeah, Towns he's, is he's the softest center in the NBA, and it's not even close. <laughs> oh, he he'll he'll put up twenty five and twelve on you every single night, but he's going to get pushed around by the other big man if the other big man is above average. Um, it, it's honestly hard to watch sometimes because he'll get pushed around by anybody. Uh, he has a hard time setting setting like good picks. He sets a lot of moving screens too. Um, really? Yeah. So I, I haven't I haven't watched him really it, at all. Yeah, so. he's he's an interesting character because he's so talented. But I mean, I it's tough. It's tough being a Minnesota fan. <laughs> Who who's on WFAN? Is it Evan Roberts on on Saturday mornings? Yes, Evan Roberts. Some guy called in and wanted. Uh, he proposed a trade where uh, the Knicks would send uh, Obi Toppin, Mitchell Robinson, and their two number ones that they have from Dallas, I guess, as part of the Porzingis trade, to Minnesota for Carl Anthony Towns and D'Angelo Russell. And uh, Evan Roberts laughed at the guy and hung up on him. So. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm a somewhat Evan Roberts fan. I can appreciate him and uh, Craig Carden there on, 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 the, on the fan. So. I miss yeah, the, uh, they're good. I'll miss their radio market. But yep. uh, any uh, right, any guys. final thoughts? We final appreciate thoughts, it. Um, I think that uh, Donovan Mitchell is not wrong when he's complaining about the uh, refs in the NBA. And I think what he was doing there is prepping the refs mentally for when they do go to the play the playoffs and stuff because I can't point. stand the rest. I, I, I don't like the NBA in general. Okay. So, I mean, I watch it because I'm a basketball fan, but to watch some of that stuff is really hard and I don't disagree with them. And if he keeps getting 25 grand, I think Brian mentioned that, you know, if he keeps getting 25 grand fines, so be it. Because you better start doing some more endorsements out. then. <laughs> yeah. Someone's got to call he'll it start, out. Because he'll start doing manscaped ads. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Uncle Chris. Like Sean Avery. Best of uh, best of luck, or, or yeah, we can cheer against against Villanova, and uh, hopefully right. you can say the same for us tonight. I will. Uh, I will. I'm not save my money and put the on you guys, but I'll, I'll wish you luck. Okay. All right. <laughs> Appreciate it. Talk to you soon, Uncle Chris. See Thanks so much. Bye bye. All right. There is our number one fan, Uncle Chris, calling in with his hot takes about Minnesota. Uh, shout out Evan Roberts. I, I liked what he said about prepping the refs. That prepping, is because you know the referees they ref to the player. So if they know Donovan Mitchell is going to bring the intensity, they're not going to call him on all the fouls. Another guy close to the New York market. Our next caller is on the air. How's it going? Hey guys, how's it going? Doing well, Jay Galley. How you been? I've been good. I've been good. What, what are you thinking so, uh, for tonight? We got Seton Hall at St. John's. I wish I could go. It'd be a, it'd be a fun little thing. Maybe I'll see if they're if they're letting fans in. Um, I got nothing. I got nothing on the schedule. Um, so I want to get your guys' thoughts on, on what you think of the uh, of the Big East. I I think it's a down year for the conference. Just looking at kind of last year, uh, a conference that would have sent probably six or seven teams to the tournament um, with uh, you know multiple teams firmly within the top twenty with Creighton, Villanova, Seton Hall, and, and even some of the bottom half schools, um, much, much stronger. It, it seems like a down year to the conference. I mean, what do you guys think uh, kind of heading into next year as far as the strength of the conference top to bottom? It was obviously weird not having the the overall uh, beginning of the season with all the out of, like 
all the non-conference games and all the tournaments without that being what it is every year. I feel like a lot of these teams, like DePaul, when when was DePaul's first game, Aiden? Oh my gosh, like December, maybe after Christmas? Yeah, close to Christmas. All these teams that rely on, you know, getting like that groove early on in the season in the non-conference, and then we you bring that into the Big East, which is just such an intense and such a competitive conference that even though in ways we tear each other down by you know winning and losing to each other it also builds up the competitive just fire over the year for the entire conference i think without that the conference definitely felt it but uh long run i'm not worried about the big east yeah i think uconn is is particularly emerging i know they've been crushing it on the recruiting trail villanova is going to be villanova creighton's going to be creighton but i think uh and Xavier has a nice young core too, so I think they're a, they're a team to watch out for. But I am kind of curious how the how the Butlers, Marquettes, and Seton Halls of the world are going to kind of do as the, the meat and bones of the uh, of the conference in the next few years. I know Seton Halls in a little bit of a rebuilding mode here after uh, we're going to be losing Mamu Kalashvili, uh, Miles Kale, and and some of our guys. So we're going to need other guys to step up, which. Uh, the program's done over the last few years, but I think it's going to kind of turn back to freshmen and could be another year or two a reset, at least for that program. It'll be interesting to see the the recruiting trail because you mentioned UConn and, and callers have brought this up before. They are a big draw in the Northeast area for, for players to go play for because obviously Danny Hurley, he's a fiery coach along with Ed Cooley up at Providence and Mike Anderson is doing a great job recruiting at St. John's in his first couple of years there. So the Northeast recruiting market, it obviously doesn't affect uh, us much at Marquette in the Midwest with the Creightons and the Xaviers and the DePauls of the world. But that Northeast recruiting market with UConn coming into the Big East has uh, taken a, a change for the worse. Uh, Jay yeah, Kelly, you're in yeah. New, you're in New York. The Knicks are playing well. Can you feel the magic? <laughs> <laughs> Great question. Uh, not not exactly. I mean, the the, the city is still kind of starting to come back to life here. Um, I, I think if, if MSG was selling eighteen thousand tickets a night, I think there would certainly be some buzz around the team. And um, I, I certainly hope that. You know, next year, if the team continues this momentum, I mean, it's going to be a fun time for New York City basketball. You have the Brooklyn Nets, which are a serious, serious championship contender over at the Barclays Center. And you have the Knicks in the playoff race at MSG. And just to think the buzz around that team when they were one of the worst three records in the league, I I think it would be insanely fun to have them as a... uh, to have them in, in the playoff hunt, uh, as well as the Nets, too. You could see a little rivalry forming there, too. But, um, yeah, I, I guess I think it loses some of the allure without fans there. I, I think it's a little bit harder for people to to buy in. I, I think one of the more fun things about professional basketball in particular is going to the games um, rather than just watching on TV. Um, so, yeah, I'm excited. I mean, it, it seems like the vaccine rollout's coming along pretty well. And uh, Johnson and Johnson, I'm, I'm one shot. That. <laughs> What's that? Johnson and Johnson, one shot. Yeah, so I'm, <laughs> I'm hopeful that the world is going to kind of be back to normal next fall and that uh, and that the 2021-2022 season has full stadiums again. Um, but, yeah, time will tell. All right, appreciate it for the call. Uh, we're running down on our time, so we'll let you go, Jay Galley. Nice talking. All righty. Thanks for your thoughts. Thanks so much for calling us. Of course. Take it easy, guys. All right. There's John Gallagher, brother of Brian, with the, his Games and Growth debut. The Tom Thibodeau Knicks are legit, man. They, I think I think that Tom Thibodeau's found like another. He's found a new Chicago. That's what he's done. He has, and it's it's a great time. Great, great, great time 
to be a Nick fan and a Net fan and be a general New York basketball fan. We just had our last two callers, Uncle Chris from New York, New Jersey area, John Gallagher, Seton Hall alum coming from New York. Uh, you know, the New York area is buzzing with quote unquote Nick fever. So I know here in Milwaukee, there's a little bit of Bucks fever, but there's also a lot of Marquette fever for this game and on this campus today. So real quick, before we sign off, um, we're not going to get to Shaq, and we may, we may do this unless you want to. The clip of the game is about two minutes long. Can you guess? How about I play? How about we, we play it real quick? Because you consider yourself an NBA fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah give let's me, give get me this some to last the show. names. Give me a couple last, last names. Last names. So let's pause it every time he gets to a new name and see if you can get it. All right? This will be I'll, our. Yeah, I'll just go with it. I'll just go with it. This will be our final clip. Here we go. Yeah. First name game. Oh. Who's ready to go? I hope you are, big fella. What's his first name? Keep your eyes on the screen, okay? Well, he caught, what the, for what the, for the Charlotte Hornets, number six in the league in three point percentage. Thaddeus Monk. Monk is his. Monk is his last name. Malik. Last name? What is his first name? Oh, my gosh. This Eli Monk. Eli Monk. No, <laughs> <laughs> it would be Malik. Oh, Malik. Malik. Yeah. 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 Malik. No, you know, change yeah, the name of this bad. game to what is mama name him? Yeah. <laughs> Eli Monk. Oh, what is mama name him? All right, All right let's do one more. more up your alley. Okay. Because of your relationship with the Sacramento Kings. Uh, He's number two in field goal percentage. He's number seven in blocks. His last name is Holmes. His first name is... You got it? Holmes? Holmes for the Sacramento Kings. It's one of the top three point percentage guys in the league. No idea. What up? What up, Holmes? (laughs) John. Duh. Rishon Holmes. Rishon. I was thinking Rishon. We had a kid in my high school named uh, Rishon. Shawnee. All right. So there's, <laughs> there's Shaq. Real quick, do you think the inside the NBA is in any danger of losing fans or and or credibility after Shaq kind of doesn't know first names in the NBA now? No, but Shaq might have to pick up the slack a little bit. Shaq, I think, would have to do an inch more of basketball knowledge. But... We'll see. That'll do it for us this week on Games and Grub. Real quick, best food we ate. Oh, that's right. So Adam ba- Adam Baum said uh, fish fry on Fridays. Fish fry, yeah. What do you got? Um, I have just been automatic with my breakfast burritos this this week. Oh, this morning. You you were going off yeah. on, on the stovetop. But I ran out of cheese today, so it wasn't like quite as good. But, yeah, I was really putting them together this week. Oh, this week. It's been tough. Oh, also, best thing I drank this week, I've been putting lemons in my water. You have. It makes you feel super fancy. It makes water not taste like nothing. Uh, yeah. Makes High, water not highly taste like rec- nothing. Highly, 10 out of 10 recommend. Do some lemon water this weekend. Uh, as, as Crown Royal ads say, take a water break, maybe put some lemon in it. <laughs> um, best food I ate this week was probably... Oh, I'll give a shout out to Marquette, my my herbs and gerbs sandwich. How about that? Uh, local local AMU business there, um, student union meal swipe on campus. Um, I gotta, I probably gotta step out for next week. That's a that's a that's a wake up. We gotta call get you some me. cuisine. That is, that's a tough one. So that'll do it for us this week on Games and Grub. We'll send you off with once again another John Fanta soundbite. Happy Happy National Marquette Day. Any big. Big plans for us. Big, uh, big homework plans for you, Brian. Before 
The night game. Well, the game's at 8 and everybody's going out like right now. Like, are you serious? 12.02. So we're hitting... The game. we're hitting the end the of our show. The game's at but... 8. People are going to be passed out. People are going to be in the street laying down on park benches. No, 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 no. Celebrate responsibly, Marquette. Get, get your homework done, then go out. Get your <laughs> homework done. Have, have fun with your day, but also celebrate responsibly. Let's go, Marquette. Happy National Marquette Happy Day. Happy National Marquette Day, baby. Happy Wisconsin Broadcast Awards Day. We will uh, obviously be nominated um, in the awards, and we thank our good friends once again at Marquette Radio for that recognition. That'll do it for us today. We send it off with the words of John Fanta. Have a great weekend, everybody. Here's Hatton for the win from the corner. He got it. Marcus Howard with the dish to Aiden Haddon, and Marquette is heading to the Final Four. This has been Games and Crosses.